0: You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
1: Hello and welcome to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and my co-host Jeff Griffin with our show on Chicago.
2: We're here in Chicago this week. It is an incredible place. It's a huge city, yet it's got this friendly, relaxed feel and it's unlike any other place I've been.
1: And living in New York for many years, as I did, a lot of people think Chicago is just another big city like New York, but it's so different. There's a lot of friendly people here. Not that New Yorkers aren't friendly, but very different Midwestern feel. The downtown area is very condensed. It's easy to get everywhere. There's fun places to go, good restaurants, great hotels. We have so much to talk about today.
2: Boy, is that ever true. This is a huge city. We had to get a lot of different guests to be able to cover it all. More and than we
1: normally do. And we kept saying we couldn't say no to anybody.
2: Yeah. Because they were like, so oh, that would be a great many...
1: interview. And that would be a great oh, interview. Or they were all
2: people who we felt like, oh, we can't do Chicago without talking to them.
1: And so, we still feel like we're missing so much.
2: Yeah. I it's, mean... a, it's a huge city. So we're going to try to give you the highlights
1: And if there's something glaring that we just couldn't get in, make sure that you tweet us at Travel Brigade or send it to us on Facebook and let our listeners know.
2: We're also going to be talking about a lot of different places here today, and you're going to want to know, hey, how do I get a hold of them? Just go to our website, TravelBrigade.com, and we'll have a hot sheet posted there along with the show that will give you contact information for everybody we're going to talk with and about today.
1: For all things Chicago.
2: So we have a grand total of five interviews lined up today. I know, and we
1: try and stick with three. And then we tried <laughs> to go to four, and now we're at five.
2: let us We'll stop there for now, but here's, here's who we've got. We've got Teresa Carter, who is known as the local tourist, who's going to give us an overview of coming to Chicago.
1: One of the great entertainment places to go here is the Second City. It is so fun and classic Chicago. We have one of the players, as they call them, Holly Laurent, that's going to be with us.
2: You can't come to Chicago without talking about all of the distinctive food that this place is known mm. for. Yum, and yum, we've got Sherman Kaplan coming in to talk with us. He is a Chicago food critic. That's just one of the many hats that he wears. But today he's going to be talking about the many unique restaurants here in Chicago.
1: And I haven't had my deep dish yet this morning.
2: Or your Italian beef sandwich, or your Chicago right, dog, right. or your porch. Room service, <laughs> room service.
1: Get those up right now. Also, we'll be talking with the Art Institute of Chicago. What an amazing place. It's beautiful. The architecture's beautiful. Everything's beautiful. As a matter of fact, when I walked out, I was telling Jeff that I haven't been so happy since I walked out of the Orsay.
2: It's an astonishing collection, and they have more paintings than you would ever expect to find in one place. Wonderful. Finally, Shopaholics, don't worry. We're going to get the Magnificent Mile in here. Oh, Yeah. Can't come to Chicago without walking up and down the Magnificent Mile and seeing all the amazing shopping.
1: Or bringing your credit cards.
2: Or bringing your credit cards. We're going to talk with Katie Lindsay. So we've got a lot to get to today.
1: That's true. But before we do that, we have to do...
2: Hot Topics in Travel.
1: This is Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
2: We'll be right back.
3: What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel
1: Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, coming to you from Chicago.
2: By the way, if you like the music you hear coming in and out of our breaks, that's by a band called Natural Roots, you should check them out on iTunes or wherever you check out your music.
1: Or as we call them, Roots.
2: Yeah, we can't really say it as well as they can. <laughs> it's
1: a great no, it's band. our good, check our good friend out. Jan, and he he does a lot of our intros and exits. And great band. Thank you.
2: So for hot topics and travel today, I've got something that I kind of have to give an analogy first before I get right into it. You know how when you've got a packet of mints. You offer one to somebody else, and it's not because you think their breath stinks. You're just being friendly because you're sitting there getting yourself a mint. You don't want to be rude and not offer them one. Okay. Yes, I
1: know what you mean.
2: That's kind of how this one is. Really?
1: What is this about, Mr. Griffin?
2: (laughs) Plastic surgery vacations. Are you? Now, I am not bringing this up because you in any way need any work done
1: well trained my friend well trained <laughs>
2: just bringing it up because it's a notable travel trend really apparently i'm seen this is from Forbes, and I've seen it a few other places People what, like
1: plastic surgery, travel like you're going. You go
2: somewhere to get plastic surgery done. The big countries for this are kind of in Eastern Europe. I guess you can probably get it done cheaper there.
1: Well, okay, that was my question is I haven't had any work done. A girl never says that's, never, you know what I mean? Well, that's never why says we're never. in radio
2: so we don't have to That's right,
1: that's right. But what I'm perplexed about is why would you go somewhere else and not just go to your local doctor?
2: I think two things. One is cost. The other thing is time to recover. Say you get work done on your face, then you've got time to recover and you come back and nobody knows that you had the work done, maybe. Hmm.
1: I hate to break it to you, ladies and gentlemen. They know. Everybody knows.
2: This is based on a paper that some university professors in Great Britain and Australia did called Sun, Sand, and Silicone Project. <laughs> and when I see that, I wonder, why am I not a professor in Great yeah, Britain? Yeah, I'm Australia? sure. There are even hotel chains now, they cite the Hyatt, the Four Seasons, the Ritz Carlton that offer recovery packages.
1: Well, I could take a recovery package without getting plastic surgery. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just a recovery from my life in general would be good.
2: And by the way, these places Hungary, the Czech Republic, these are places I'd love to visit anyway. Well without true. without getting sliced and diced. But I'm just
1: gonna say, I'm gonna put it out there, people. Don't skimp on surgery. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, just just do it. I always would advocate any reason to take a trip, but this this might be pushing even my limit.
2: People are going to some uh less expensive countries to get medical work done. It's cheaper and apparently in most cases, hopefully, just as safe as here in America. So this is just an extension of that. Guess who the the big groups are that are doing this?
1: I have no idea.
2: Well, you got your boomers.
1: Boomers, okay.
2: That are aging and trying to look better. Couples. <laughs> His and hers. You get your implants, I'll get mine. Don't
1: spoil my in- <laughs> Valentine's present.
2: And then this one kind of, I don't know why I found this little weird. Mothers and daughters.
1: I find that weird. I think kids would like to choose Disney World over, you know, <laughs> to me, family vacation, take a cruise, go to Disney World. Let's check with the Minnie's and see if they're up for a little plastic surgery vacation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think they'll pass on that. I would and, say so. And and I will for now, although others <laughs> might beg to differ. So,
1: And up next, we have Teresa Carter, also known as the Chicago Local Tourist.
2: Now, it might sound like local and tourist, how can that go together? But she's going to tell us how locals can be tourists and tourists can be locals.
3: You're listening to Travel Brigade.
2: We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show here in the windy city of Chicago.
2: And when you go somewhere, what's the best thing you can do? What's the best way you can find out where to go, what to do? Ask a local. Ask a local, okay. And a local who can appreciate the fact that you're a tourist as well, right?
1: Yeah, and not only that, but we're, we're first-timers here in Chicago.
2: Yes, first, believe it or not. Best thing to do, find a local, and that's what we've done. For our listeners, we found not only a local, but the local tourist. Her name is Teresa Carter, and she goes by the same title as Bruce Springsteen, the boss. The boss. uh, At the local (laughs) tourist. And Teresa, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking time to speak with us. Hi,
4: Teresa. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate
2: it. Tell us a little bit about local tourists, what it does, what people can find there.
4: Well, the local tourists is aimed to help both locals and tourists get the most out of the city. Our uh, tagline is that we want you to experience the fascination of a tourist while feeling the comfort of the locals. So we really aim to just highlight the best the city has to offer and
1: help you get out there and, and enjoy it. I just sort of, in my mind, pictured Chicago as another New York City, and it's not. It's... It's so different in so many ways. You can feel it from the people. You can feel it from the city. Everything is so walkable and so close. You look at it on a map, and we were thinking, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to get here and how to get there. But it's all so walkable, and there's so many great things here to do.
4: Yes, it's definitely walkable. But uh, um, we also have a... It's a uh, public transportation system. So, I mean, most, a lot of locals just don't even have cars because things are close. but, and you can just hop on the L, you can grab a bus, uh, grab a, a taxi if you'd like, um, or you can just walk up anywhere in any of the neighborhoods.
1: And let's clarify what the L is. Again, being from New York, <laughs> the L is a train, one train <laughs> with one track. This, the L, means elevated for all the system is above ground as opposed to some of the cities where it's below ground. So when I kept hearing people talk about the L, I'm embarrassed to say I was thinking about one train.
4: <laughs> no, It's a whole network of trains. It actually uh, started as an above ground track. But as the city grew and as the uh, the system developed, we do have several of the lines go underground.
2: As we've been here the past few days, there is... You know, just a plethora of amazing things to do here. And we could, you know, just sit here and talk for the next few hours about do this, do that. So <laughs> for for a first-timer visitor, what are, what are some things you should definitely take in while you're here?
4: So one thing that's unique about Chicago are the miles and miles of lakefront that's it open is gorgeous. to the public. We have the Grant Park, which is the, our city's front yard, and some of the, the great parks along there.
2: Grant oh, Park, gosh, by the way, for our good. listeners, is where Obama had the night he won the election. Everyone went there to uh, to celebrate. So what are some other places our, our listeners might want to check out?
4: I really recommend taking uh, one, one or several tours. Uh, in particular, the Chicago Architecture Foundation has fantastic walking tours, bus tours, boat tours. They're, um, and they're all led by docents who go through a training and they're volunteer docents those people really love Chicago and they really love their their history and their architecture and their their trivia about this great city so we've also got lots of um, food and drink tours we've got Chicago Food Planet Uh, I recently took one of those a
1: couple weeks ago so even as a local and a quote-unquote expert I learned tons on this there's true there's food tours here there's some other you know, we notice there's hop-on, hop-off tours that get you to some of these mm-hmm. highlights. And so some of those would be the Navy Pier. We went over there, mm-hmm. and that's quite fun.
2: Magnificent Mile, some of the mm-hmm. museums.
1: Yes. Oh, our I mean, museums are amazing. And we've got
4: more well, – We've got Field Museum and the Shad Aquarium and Adler Planetarium, which are all right in the same area, and that's called the Museum Campus. So you can hop from one to the other.
1: You know, we noticed on your website there's a lot of people who make comments. It seems very conversational. People are interactive. Tell us some of the comments that people, especially first-time Chicago visitors, what kind of comments they say about, you know, either questions they have or things that they've done that they were most ecstatic about.
4: The main thing people talk about are the people. They're just so surprised that when they come here, and especially if they haven't been here before. You no, know, you two have felt this way as well. But the people are so friendly. They and are. If you're walking down the street, yeah, and somebody pulls out a map, someone will stop and ask them where they need to go.
2: Friday around five, we were taking a cab somewhere, and it was not overly. You know, it didn't take us three hours to get three miles, or it didn't. <laughs> you know, and and there's these big wide streets and. There's a lot of activity going on, but it, but it doesn't feel like you're overcrowded.
4: I, I laugh because I think a lot of Chicagoans would disagree with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell them they need to go to, to New York or L.A., and they'll feel so much differently. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Passport Chicago. Uh, the Passport to Chicago is designed to get people, like,
4: basically like what the site's designed to do. It's designed to get people out and about and enjoy it and you uh, save some money at the same time. So Barkoff is a Chicago standby. So they're a real piece of Chicago history, and you can visit them. If you've got a passport to Chicago, then you can visit them for and get 10% off your bill. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, and we've got uh, Chicago Architecture Foundation. You can save money on some of the walking tours. There are just all sorts of different types of businesses that we feature in there. That will give you just sounds places all over the city.
1: Tell us where people can contact you and contact the local tourist. They can go to the website at thelocaltourist.com
4: uh, and there's a contact page on, on there, of course. And they can also email me directly at tlc at thelocaltourist.com. And if they ever want to reach to me by phone, my number is 312-725-8852 and that's my personal number.
2: Well, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
2: We're here in Chicago. Just heard from Teresa Carter, the local tourist, about a lot of great things to do. We could sit here and list things on and on and on for an hour because this city is so big and has so much to do.
1: But then we wouldn't get it to everything else. That's true. So we're going to go over a couple of highlights, but you've got to get there First.
2: A great way to do that is to take the Chicago trolley and double-decker hop-on, hop-off tour.
1: It's actually really popular. They say it's one of the most popular tours in Chicago. You actually can learn about the city while you're touring around, and you stop at all of the major attractions.
2: Yeah, and I think a great time to do this is the first day you're there, what I've found when we've done these in other cities is they're a great way to give you a good sense of the lay of the land, of where everything is, and then you start going around and saying, okay, I wanna go here, I wanna go here, I wanna go here.
1: That's true, and they come in one-day passes or three-day passes. So it's really great information. We'll have it on our website at TravelBrigade.com. And that is the Chicago Trolley and Double Decker Tour. You can take the trolley or the double decker.
2: And hop on and hop off. And one of the places I hopped off was Skydeck Chicago. This is in Willis Tower. Wait, you didn't
1: literally hop off the tower, did you? (laughs) No. Okay, I was going to say you're in pretty good shape.
2: This is at Willis Tower, formerly known as Sears Tower. You can ride up over 100 floors. And when you get there, there are these... Decks that you can walk out on that are glass-bottomed, and you're literally looking straight down from over 100 stories up.
1: Like Ferris Bueller did.
2: Well, Ferris, they didn't have these when Ferris Bueller did his part.
1: But he put his forehead he against the glass. He put his forehead against
2: the glass. They didn't. They didn't have the ones though where you could walk out on these decks. Oh look right, right, right. Down.
1: All nouveau now.
2: Yes, and it's one thing. You know, it's fun to go up somewhere high and look around, and you can see four different states while you're up there, and all this, but. They've really turned this into a fun experience where as you're going up, you're finding out how many Oprah Winfrey's tall is this building, how many many deep dish pizzas tall is it. (laughs) And as you're going up the elevator, which takes about a minute and a half, Is you're going up, it's telling okay, now you're as high as the pyramids. Now you're as high as this. Now you're as high as this.
1: Can you see the Navy Pier from there?
2: You can see everything from there. You can see all the way to Wisconsin, Indiana. You can see Illinois. I'm trying to
1: give you a hint. I want to talk about the Navy Pier.
2: Oh, oh, see, sometimes you have to (laughs) slap me.
1: You're a man, I can. (laughs) It is the number one attraction, they told us, that people come to.
2: I can see why there's all sorts of great things to do there for kids and adults.
1: That's true. There's the Chicago Children's Museum. There's restaurants. Most of the lake boat tours take off from there. And then if you happen to be there in the summertime, they have fireworks all summer long.
2: They also have a Ferris wheel, but not just any Ferris wheel. It's a 15-story tall Ferris wheel that's modeled after the Ferris wheel that first premiered at the Chicago Columbian Exhibition in 1893. It's a copy of that.
1: And when they were telling us how big the original was, it was amazing.
2: Yeah great feat of architecture for the time and a really fun piece of architecture for this time.
1: And we can't forget about the parks.
2: The parks were incredible. Um, a lot of you are asking, okay, where do I see that big silver bean <laughs> that reflects? <laughs> the bean. That is in Millennium Park, and there are a number of parks down by the lakefront that just sort of run together. Yeah,
1: they run, and I think a lot of people hear about Millennium Park or the different parks that are there, and they think they're different parks throughout the city, which is kind of what I thought, but they're actually all sort of combined together
2: yeah it's a a group of smaller parks combined together into one area
1: do you know what i didn't find in the park what was that some good improv
2: improv is that where like you toss out an idea and i try to come up with something funny to say
1: um it really doesn't work when we're working with you but if you're talking about second city yes
2: second city is the improv place in america Think of all the people who have come out of there and gone on to Saturday Night Live, who've gone on to film careers. It's an all-star list that we could just sit here and spend you know, the next 20 minutes listing off people.
1: We love the show and we're so excited. Up next, we've got...
2: An interview with Holly Laurent, who is currently one of the cast members at Second City.
1: Maybe she calls herself a player. We'll have to ask.
2: That's true. What is the difference between a, a player and a thespian and a?
1: I don't know. It's sort of like Disney being an employee or a cast member, something like that.
2: We'll have to find out. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade.
1: We'll be right back.
3: Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and my co-host, Jeff Griffin, here in Chicago.
2: And one of the institutions now here is Second City. It's legendary improv comedy place, and we're really lucky to go get to see the 100th review that they're doing here called Who Do We Think We Are? We're even luckier that we have someone from that review. Holly Laurent is joining us here on Travel Brigade. Thank you, Holly.
4: My pleasure.
2: Do we call you a cast member, a player, an improvisationalist? A thespian.
1: thespian. We don't know what to call what? you because we, we, we weren't really you sure. You seem to do them all. <laughs> What's the correct <laughs> jargon or lingo? That's all fine with
4: me. Um, I say actor and improviser. Oh, very good.
1: <laughs> okay. Very good. Well, tell us uh, a little uh, bit about uh, Second City for those people who don't know what it is. Tell us about some of the legends that came out of Second City and why it's such a Chicago institution.
4: Oh, okay. Well, it's been around for 53 years, and some of the alumni are outstanding. My favorite, of course, my, my the person I would want to be tracked on at desert Island with is Bill Murray.
1: Oh, very nice.
4: <laughs> but there are so many other heroes of mine um, and of many people that came from this place. Um, Colbert, um, Carell. Joan Rivers and Chris Farley and Tina Fey, and it goes on and on and on. Um, really great people who came from this place. But is all about – Second City is about – Social political satire about, uh, really making people laugh, but also really making people think and, you know, laughter can be such a disarming, uh, wonderful tool to essentially end up having a great conversation with the audience about the stuff that's happening right now in our world and in our city and in our relationships that matter the most to us. And nothing feels better than to just Laugh about life, I guess. Well, sure. I laughed
1: several (laughs) times and almost beat my pants. So if that gives you any idea, I'll get the show. (laughs) Oh, then it was a success. (laughs) It was. It was. Well, one of the
2: things that uh, we came in maybe not expecting is what a great intimate environment it is. And you guys are interacting with the audience and vice versa, and everybody's kind of playing off of each other. It was really a fun night.
4: Yeah, I like how the ways that we get to use improv in the show – kind of makes it feel like there becomes a relationship there's that sort of reciprocity happening between the folks who are in the seats and what's happening on stage so that by the end it feels like i think i hope it feels like we all had an experience together instead of um you guys just taking it in and being like okay thank you good night
1: (laughs) or you just take it home with you like jeff and i we're still role-playing horny deaf guy Yeah, there's little gems like that that really stick with (laughs) you.
2: Once you've told people you're you're an improviser, do do people just come up to you and say, "Okay, Abraham Lincoln and Oprah Winfrey at a Starbucks, go," or do do you get that?
4: Yeah, I think all people in comedy there's just this kind of um shorthand that everybody understands that you're constantly being um cornered by your weird uncle at Christmas time being like, Oh I got a funny idea, I got a funny idea, Holly, oh my god, it's so funny. You gotta do this thing where this girl is like eating salad, okay? And that you know, and that like, oh it's 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 either your your real punny, you know, weird uncle Or, you know, everyone in your life is like, oh, you're in comedy. It's either that, people trying to give you ideas, or people saying like, oh, you're in comedy. Uh, Do some jokes for me right now, which (laughs) recently happened when I was at a doctor. um, Oh, my God. I was was in a doctor's office trying to figure out, like, well, I have all these stomach problems. He's like, I know where I know you. I've seen your second city. Make me laugh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Please tell me this wasn't your
2: gynecologist. (laughs)
4: Was a doctor like uh, one of those stomach and like Aw, intestinal doctors? Who, <laughs> yeah, who like moments before we've been talking. He was like, "Now, how watery would you say your stools get?" And then like two minutes, <laughs> two minutes later, he's like, "Oh, I know where I know you." And I was like, "Oh, damn it!"
2: <laughs> we we were noting that this is the 100th review that Second City has done, and there's all this like we talked about all this history of the place, what does it mean to be part of the 100th review?
4: Oh man, truly I, I I was in the 99th review and in this one, this is my second show and both times it's so truly still kind of unbelievable to me. Like this, this was my dream job. It's all I ever wanted. So I still on a daily basis kind of pinch myself and kind of can't believe it's real that I get to show up and do a job where I get to do live theater. The immediacy of that's so great. Where you get to make people laugh, it's so great. So it's it's truly. I, I feel like it's cliche to be like, oh, it's such an honor. But like, really, <laughs> there isn't a day that <laughs> not a day that goes by that I'm not like.
1: Speaking of the show, wow, tell us this... a little bit about how much of the show is scripted, how much just comes off bumping off each other, how much comes from the audience, just in general. How does the show work?
4: For the most part, it's sketch comedy, meaning that most of it is all written, but uh-huh. it's all. In, material that was generated through improv so basically when we start creating a new review we just start improvising every night improvising ideas that we've come up with or just getting stuff straight from the audience like what stuff that's on your mind and then we improvise it and play with it and we usually record those and then transcribe them and then try to punch it up punch it up make it better better tighter tighter and then we end up with the scenes that we have that are are written those all came from improv but then we build in part to the show every night like that like that one scene lobby where we have the audience um, give us money to do a scene based oh, wow. on oh, yeah. <laughs> their suggestion, and then we say like, you know, congratulations, you just voted the way we really do vote in this country, is yeah. <laughs> um, that it's all with our money. So like that part is set that we know we're gonna, you know, say that bit, we're gonna get that one joke out, but the rest is all imp- improvised. And the scene we do every night is is totally based on whatever the audience comes up with, and. And there are a few more parts like that that are built in where we're just doing pure improv every night. And then we have an improv set every night, too. Right now, we're actually in a little rehearsal process to make changes to our show and to the running order because we had some campaign stuff in there. Oh, I was going to ask now, you about yeah, that. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we
2: were there pre-election, and there was a lot of funny stuff in there. and uh,
4: Yeah, so, know, so we're changing all stuff. that um, campaign um, content into post election stuff of like, you know, the Obama hangover or whatever. So now that that runner that was in the show that was like the built in debate. Now it's this it's right at the moment and it could change because we're improvising it. We're doing a, a Biden joke where everywhere Obama goes, like Biden comes running behind him, you know, <laughs> um, saying a bunch of. <laughs>
1: Nonsense and swearing. Um, <laughs> well, one thing too, so, you know, I've, I've called the office a few times because we were trying to set up the interview and do some stuff, and every time I call, there's a recording that says, "Tonight's show sold out. Tonight's show sold out." I mean, it's a popular yeah. place to be.
4: Yeah, that is the most amazing thing because I improvised for ten years trying to get my chops to even get this far, and it's like you're constantly at Kinko's making show posters and like begging <laughs> people to come to your show and put, putting up posters all over town, and now it's like, oh my gosh. There are 350 people in the seat, eight shows a week, consistently. It just fills up, and it's like, this is magic. This is so great.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people get more information about Second City if they want to come check out a show?
4: All that business is at secondcity.com, and if you're ever in Chicago, definitely come see a show. But we're also on NCL Cruise lines, so if you're ever on Norwegian Cruise, you can see us. You can see a Second City show, and and there's touring companies that travel around. You can find that all out at secondcity.com.
1: Well, Holly, thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, if you're in the city, it's got to be one of your have-tos. Go see the show.
2: You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show.
3: We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
2: You can check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade or like us on Facebook.
1: I'm still thinking about Second City, as Max. there's so many funny things I'm laughing about right now, and some of them I can't even repeat on air.
2: Some things are best left unsaid.
1: True, true. So you got to just go see the show.
2: Second City is just one of the many different types of shows you can see here. One thing that's kind of fun and unique about Chicago is they take a lot of the Broadway shows and sort of give them their tryout here and get them ready for Broadway.
1: And we were actually able to see a couple of those shows, plus tour shows leaving Broadway come to Chicago and tour.
2: And there are all sorts of concerts here. All sorts of great venues where you can go see bands.
1: Big ones came this year. Barbara Streisand, Morrissey. There's a bunch of them that are all coming through town.
2: One of the places that they'll come to play is House of Blues.
1: Yes, they have great concerts there. But we happened to be in town on a Sunday morning, and we had nowhere to go to church. So
2: we went to the gospel brunch.
1: Hallelujah.
2: You get your gospel and you get your brunch all in one place.
1: I am never going to a traditional church again.
2: Unless they service really great fried chicken and waffles.
1: That's true.
2: And on top of all that great food, there's a gospel choir there doing some you know, traditional gospel hymns.
1: Good old southern gospel.
2: You'll find yourself dancing and clapping and everything else.
1: It was a load of fun. And I could not believe I mean, it was packed. It was. There was people eating, singing. Some of the best singing. They picked people out of the audience and they came and they belted out some tunes. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a fun experience and something you should definitely try if you're in town.
1: So if you're here for Sunday, make sure House of Blues Sunday brunch.
2: As great as that brunch was, that's just one of the great places to get oh, food in this town.
1: My gosh, the food here is amazing.
2: Even if you just include the basics that Chicago is known for, like deep dish Chicago dogs.
1: And we noticed in all the brochures there's a ton of food tours, but we're going to save you some time. I'm going to tell you how to do it right.
2: You just go down Ontario Street, really.
1: That's right. Start on the west side of Ontario Street. Start at Al's Beef. Work your way down all day long. You're going to hit what next?
2: Portillo's for Chicago Dogs.
1: Delish. A little Gino's East for some pizza. And then make sure you save yourself some fine dining at the end of the day and go to Lowry's and get yourself some prime rib. That way you can start all day long. Just eat all day long.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> you can actually. I don't know if I would recommend that as as your I don't know if your car- I do, I do. I, I totally know if your cardiologist do. would recommend it, but Do it, do it, it. There are so many great foods here that are unique to Chicago that you don't want to feel like you're going to miss out on any of them.
1: I know that's what we did. We were like, "No, but well, we got to try this, we got to try yeah. that."
2: And coming up next, we're going to be talking to someone who's an actual Chicago food critic. His name is Sherman Kaplan, and he's going to tell us about a lot of great places to eat what here in this What a tough job. Town. Yes. <laughs> so stay tuned. You are listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel destination show.
3: We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com.
1: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin, your weekly travel destination show. This, our Chicago show, and one of the favorite parts I was waiting to get to, eating in Chicago.
2: you got to eat sometime, and in Chicago you get to eat. All the time. All the time, as we found out. So many great places to go. We brought in Sherman Kaplan. To tell us about them, he's done restaurant reviews, he's done cooking shows, he was a James Beard Foundation nominee for Best Radio Food Program, he's written books about food. He's been all over Chicago for a long time doing many different things, and we are really lucky to have him here today. Welcome, Sherman.
5: Thank you very much, Jeff and Kathleen. It's a pleasure to be here. Just to, for the record, I do not weigh 370 pounds.
2: I was going to say,
1: we almost do, even only being there for a few if, if, days. If we
2: had stayed there, we might. We might.
5: It's, easy, it's easy to do in Chicago. This is certainly a restaurant town.
1: Well, and it's really funny. I am actually uh, I lived in New York for quite some time, and I was a little leery. I, I was willing to try the Chicago deep dish and, and to trust the Chicago dog, but I loved it. We, we flew in. We got, went straight to Lou the first night we were there.
5: Right. Well, you picked a very good restaurant. Uh, As far as New York is concerned, I've always believed that Chicago has everything that New York has but less of it, the good (laughs) and, and the bad. And uh, certainly as a destination rest, as restaurant city, we have had restaurants like Charlie Trotter's, which recently closed, and Topolobamba, which is still open, and Leno Nomad, which is still open, uh, and, uh, and a handful of others that really make a trip into Chicago for fine dining worth it. But when we're talking pizza, the original deep dish pizza, which, as you know as a New Yorker, is nothing like New York thin crust no. pizza by the slice.
1: It's almost like it, lasagna in a pan. It's
5: just <laughs> – it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crust. It layered with tomato sauce, uh, slices of uh, mozzarella cheese, usually sausage, mushrooms, whatever fillings you like, another layer of cheese, another layer of sauce, and then it has more stuff on top, and it is a layered pizza. It came to Chicago, as far as I know, back in the early 1940s, and a man named Ike Sewell, certainly not an Italian name, <laughs> uh, who who actually had a history in Mexican restaurants, but was a Chicago and a businessman, and he opened up a restaurant called Uno's Number One. Right, and that's where that's where deep dish Chicago pizza first appeared. And it became so popular, he opened a second restaurant called Duay's, and so <laughs> they are they are still in the loop. They still get huge lines and huge crowds for people who enjoy this classic deep dish pizza. Lou Malnati's Pizza and many other pizzas around, such as Giordano's and Eduardo's. Uh, are derivatives of Ixl's original deep-dish pizza. I happen to think that they are all excellent if you have a taste for a deep dish pizza, but certainly it's one for anybody who's watching their cows. Uh, it's not. It's not the first place <laughs> well, and, you would and rush Well, and just to.
1: for clarification, this is not a pickup like I'm used to—fold over, walk on the street kind of pizza. I mean, this is a sit-down, well, fork and knife—you
5: know—cutting oh, into Absolutely, big absolutely. Slice. I mean, I suppose you could—you could eat it with your hands, but it probably would flop all over <laughs> your shirt and trousers.
1: And really me, delicious. I mean, delicious. To me, Unquestionably.
5: It, it, brings, it brings together all of these wonderful ingredients, and and you get it all in the mouth. And it's not just the taste, but it's the texture as well. And, you know, texture, as you know, is so much about what makes dining pleasurable. You, you want to not just taste something. You really want to feel it in your mouth.
2: One thing I think is there's a difference between New York and Chicago. They're both huge cities, but Chicago has this much more slow not the hectic frenetic pace people are friendlier more down to earth
5: the one thing new york has that we do not have are food trucks we're just starting to get into that but it's nowhere near the 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 depth and breadth that new york has and i don't know that it ever will be because chicago is a, a city that has uh, has a large restaurant lobby remember the national restaurant association is headquartered here right and uh Established restaurants fight food trucks tooth and nail because they encroach upon their business without the overhead. But we have come to the point where we have a few food trucks that will be scattered around the city. And we'll, uh, people who come to Chicago next summer will begin seeing them in, in greater number.
2: Speaking of like sort of sitting down and taking your time, the other two foods that we notice that you really have to sit down and take your time with are the Chicago dog because it's so piled so high and then the Italian beef sandwiches because they're just dripping wet with the juices and again it's it 's one of those things of i 'm not going to eat this on the run i 'm really going to sit down
5: and enjoy it These are foods that, from what I understand, originated basically in the depression when there was not a lot of money going around, and people wanted as much value for the buck as they could get and so these first Chicago hot dog stands were opened and the first Italian beef restaurant that I know of is Owl's Italian beef with we went. And It beef. was delicious. <laughs> it, it used to be It used to be only in the little Italy neighborhood. Now there are owls all over the city. It's become franchised. You can even find them in Las Vegas, and I think it, there may even be one in Los Angeles as well. Italian beef, for people who don't know it, is slow- simmered, basically boiled beef, simmered very slowly, sliced very thin. It's taken out of this this water bath, and it's piled high on uh, kind of a baguette style of bun, Uh, maybe even like a large hot dog bun, but even bigger. Uh, On top of that, they put jardiniere, which is basically, uh, oh, the Mexicans would call it a pico de gallo, or a salsa, so, but that's basically what it is. It's spicy and hot with a. Chop so is that the difference? I was relish. going to
1: say maybe you could help us order the. Now we ordered a sweet and wet, but I know that is that what you would
5: consider the hot? A, Which... a sweet. Well, they they all have what well, you you can get them without the Jardinier, but why bother?
0: Right, right, <laughs> and right. They, and they have to be wet.
5: <laughs> they have to be wet, and you can put the sweet peppers on top as well. They, anything goes. There's there's no one way only. There are many paths to what makes a good Italian beef sandwich. I know people are people have their classics, and they say, "Oh no, everything else is wrong." I don't believe that. I think what is right is what you like best, and you can build it any way you would like to. But and ours, the wet there, is when there, the there are wet. other Italian beefs around Chicago, but ours is the original.
1: Yeah, and wet is when the meat is wet, and then you can also call a dipped where you take the whole bread and put it in in oh, the
5: your, juice. Oh, your your bread is going to be drenching in the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you've had, been, you know, and it gets all over your hand, and it gets sticky and messy, but oh, is it good.
1: Finger-licking good.
2: <laughs> and, and same thing for the Chicago dog. It's it, If somebody put it to us, it's a salad on top of a hot dog. and boy, I, hope is you, it good. I
5: hope you did not ask for ketchup on top of your No, dog. no, we know. Yeah. We, New we York, they put ketchup on their good. dogs, but what do they know? They're New Yorkers. <laughs> In Chicago, it always has to be a beef dog, preferably Vienna Beef, which is a Chicago-based company. Uh there's some, you'll get Polish sausages, which have a different mix and flavor. Sometimes you'll go to a hot dog stand, they'll have a nice big Italian sausage with a little bit of spice in it. Those are kind of nice, too. But the classic Chicago dog is a boiled dog. It's lifted out, put in the bun, and then it is topped with green relish, with chopped onions, with tomatoes, with um, peppers. Uh, and uh, the bun should be slathered with mustard. That's what makes a Chicago dog. There's probably a little bit more to it, too, but it's been a while since I've had one of those things. I don't like to eat anything that I don't know what's in it.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> you mentioned earlier some, some restaurants that are unique to Chicago. We wanted to talk about those a little bit. One we went to was the Berghof, which is German Food and very historic because it goes back to 1898, and they also have the very first post-prohibition liquor license. We had a great time there. Any others that you would recommend that are unique to Well, it's to interesting
5: about the Berghoff, and this didn't affect the customer so much, but it's kind of interesting. At the Berghoff, you never bought your food from the restaurant. You bought your food from your waiter. The waiter huh. bought the food in the restaurant. Then he sold it to you, and wow. you paid him plus whatever you wanted to tip. It. it was a different way of doing things, and I don't know why they did did it that way, but they did. And the Berghoff has become one of the classic German restaurants. Uh, it is still owned by the Berghoff family. It's somewhat different than it used to be in the in the extent that its hours are not quite the same, and they put a greater emphasis on catering than they used to uh, when the Berghoff was at its at its extreme fame. Uh Birkhoff is just one of several ethnic restaurants that, that dot Chicago. You know, uh, I mean there are hundreds of them. You name the ethnicity, we've got the restaurant, but the Berghoff is one of them.
2: Yeah, no, there's certainly uh,
5: another I was going to tell you about another one of my favorites. This uh-huh. is an Italian restaurant. It is called Viaggios. Viaggios is on Ma- West Madison Street, not too far from United Center, which of course is the home of the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh it is a restaurant that serves what I would say the classic Uh, Southern Italian, Neapolitan or Sicilian style of food. It's uh, hearty. It's basic red sauce. One of their specialties is a dish that is called eight-finger cavatelli. Mm. Uh, Cavatelli are kind of handmade noodles that are thick and round, and they look kind of wormy. And the reason they call them eight-finger cavatellis is because classically when they were originally made, the person who made them would roll out a sheet of dough, and it would not be Thin as a, as a thin crust pizza, but it would be a, a sheet of dough that might be a half an inch thick. And they would dredge their fingers through them with their fun, thumb tucked underneath under the palm of their hands. That was the eight fingers using both hands, and they cut the cavatelli that way. Then they were snipped into bite-sized pieces and prepared like any other pasta. And that is a classic Chicago dish. Another classic Chicago dish, and you find the at Viaggio's, you find it at Italian restaurants all over the city, is called Chicken Vesuvio. It, this is a chicken that is roasted, seasoned with rosemary, a lot of garlic, and olive oil. It's uh, it's prepared with roasted potatoes, and it is one of the most delicious of Chicago creations. This was made by a man whose name was Nick Giannotti, and Nick Giannotti owned one of the great Chicago restaurants. His son, Vic, carried on with it. Uh, the Giannotti restaurants have finally closed, but they just endured in Chicago for maybe 40 years. It was one of the first Italian restaurants we ever came to when we first came to Chicago in 1969. And it has remained one of our favorites, even after they've closed, Viaggio is its worthy successor.
1: Well, we've been eating all week, and now I feel like we already need to plan our next trip <laughs> so that we can come back and get the rest of all these. You know, we wanted to talk a little bit about some nice, you know, fine dining. And one place that we just had a really great time is, is at Lowry's at the McCormick Mansion. And there is another Lowry's in Beverly Hills, but the history there of of the building and Lowry's and just the unique service you you get this prime rib in this amazing silver container that's cut by the chefs and everything's right there. And you know, as Jeff says, why have a lot on the menu when you do something so great? Just stick with what you have. And that's if you don't go for the prime rib, it's it's kind of a crazy. to go there and we heard somebody ordering fish and
5: we're
6: like why are you here
5: (laughs) (laughs) well it is the classic prime rib and it is uh roasted in salt there's actually a salt coating uh, like a salt dome over the over each of the uh, uh, slabs of roast beef as they are roasted then they're removed from the salt taken out they're carved served in under a silver platter with a silver dome over the top always with a, a creamy horseradish sauce that just makes it superb for, for prime rib. Um, you can get the end cut. It won't be quite as rare, but if you get further in, then you get that nice, juicy, red, uh, almost bloody uh, roast beef. Chicago also is the home, as you may know, of a restaurant called Alinea, owned by Grant Achatz. This is a prefix restaurant in which the recipes are deconstructed. And I don't have enough time to go and do everything about it, but the next time you've got an extra three or four hundred dollars to spare for a dinner for two and a little wine, that's the <laughs> place to go
2: That sounds great now. Tell us a little bit about the neighborhoods. Are there different neighborhoods if say if you're looking for Polish or you're looking okay. for italian that that you should consider?
5: Well, there certainly are. The the ethnic communities are not as concentrated as they used to be when they first were created. And it's kind of interesting, for example, one of the classic Mexican neighborhoods in Chicago is called Pilsen, which would suggest that would be a Czech community. Well, originally it was Czech and Bohemian. As the Czechs and Bohemians moved out into the suburbs, Mexicans moved in and put together a, a, a community, a lifestyle, and they have some wonderful Mexican restaurants, about as authentic as you can find. Chicago's Little Italy along Taylor Street is another uh, ethnic community that is not quite as Italian as it used to be, because you can find Thai, uh, Mexican, Chinese, as well as Italian along this strip on Taylor Street and the streets that feed into it. Uh, It still has some of the very, very good Italian restaurants. Uh, The Polish community used to be up and down Milwaukee Avenue. Again, you'll find a few Polish restaurants, but they also have gone out into the suburbs. Primarily Niles is is an area that's got some good Polish restaurants. Uh, The German restaurants, you mentioned the Berghof. Uh, We don't have as many as we used to, but one that's still around is in an area known as Lincoln Square on the north side, and it is called the Brauhaus, and uh, it is just a wonderful place for classic schnitzel, and Sauerbraten, and Thuringer, and every other one of the German classics that you can think of, and wonderful beer, and it's all served in a, you might think you're in a Munich beer hall.
2: Wow, that all sounds so great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sherman.
5: Great to be with you, Jeff and Kathleen. I really enjoyed it, and thanks for thinking of me.
2: And you're probably really enjoying Sherman's voice, and he is a professional radio person, and you can listen to him on WBBM.com on the Noon Business Hour in Chicago every day if, if you want to hear this great voice some more.
5: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, come to Chicago and enjoy our city, enjoy the art, enjoy the architecture, and certainly enjoy the food.
1: That's right. Enjoy that food. We're still relishing. <laughs> You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Don't forget to check us out on our website, TravelBrigade.com, or you can follow
3: us at Twitter, at Travel Brigade.
2: We'll be right back. <laughs>
3: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin in our Chicago show.
2: And we've been talking about all these great things about Chicago. Great food, great entertainment, yep. great things to do, yep. great hotels.
1: That's true, great hotels. Usually when we travel, we actually try and go to more than one hotel because of the nature of what we do. We like to check a few out. So we were lucky to stay at the West and Chicago River North.
2: That was a great place because, as the name suggests, it's, it's right near the river.
1: <laughs>
2: and it was so fun to just look out our window every night and see the bridges and the river and see the water taxis. The water, yeah.
1: It's really beautiful. Like we woke up in the morning. It was just really gorgeous to look outside, see the morning traffic and, you know, everyone hustling and bustling and getting around the town. It was really fun.
2: You walk into the lobby and there's this huge lounge right there in the lobby. Yeah, it's and very comfortable. And there's even a sushi bar. That's true. Right there's a there. sushi bar
1: from a famous Chicago sushi restaurant. And so the there. minute
2: you walk in you're you're feeling, you know, welcomed and relaxed and
1: And there is something else. The Westons are known for their white tea scent in their lotions and the smells. And I actually found out from an insider they actually miss the lobby with that smell, which is why it smells so another amazing.
2: Reason, another reason to enjoy the lobby That's there. That's true. So staying by the river is great, and one of the reasons it's great to be by the river is you're also right there by the House of Blues, you're right by Harry Carey's, if you cross the bridge, you're into the Arts District, easy to get a lot of places around there.
1: So a great place to stay, especially if you want to be near the river, if you want to catch a show, it's, you know, within walking distance.
2: Another place we stayed was at the Fairmont
1: We love Fairmont. It's
2: a brand we love to stay at right from check-in. It's got its own Chicago twist. They give you a Tootsie Roll, which I I did not know until then was invented in Chicago.
1: Some of the fun features they have in the hotel is an Asian-inspired restaurant, but what really knocked my socks off is a wine bar. Now, that sounds kind of simple, but no, it's a wine bar that does flights of wine, flights of cheese, and flights of local artisan chocolate. How can you get any better than that?
2: Well, what else do you need?
1: (laughs) I didn't want to leave. You got your
2: wine, your cheese, and your chocolate. Who
1: needs a meal? Why even
2: get up and leave? Yeah. (laughs) One thing that's consistent at any Fairmont you stay at is the incredible level of service. It rises to the state of when you check out, you start saying to yourself, wait a minute, I have to do things for myself now. I've forgotten how.
1: (laughs) It's true, and it's also just really comfortable. It's not like this, thing that's uncomfortable or intrusive it's always just there somebody willing to help somebody willing to help with a reservation help with tickets Uh, if you need something it's just just ask that's literally all you have to do at a fairmont and they're there to help and it always has that same comforting sort of feeling every time we go to one
2: and while the service helps you relax the spa will help you relax even further
1: That's true. They have a new redesign, My Spa, and it is so great. I went down there after I'd been walking around in Chicago for a couple of days straight and and got a massage, which I think most people can kind of guess what a massage service is like, but I wasn't expecting to, when I told them that I'd been walking around Chicago, to have hot towels wrapped around my feet with a foot massage on top of my massage. I thought it was amazing. So now all I need to do is move the wine tasting and the cheese tasting, and the artisan chocolates all down in the spa, and then I will never, ever have to leave.
2: You would just sort of become a hermit who permanently resides down there. I
1: wonder if you get a discount on long-term bookings for six months <laughs> or more.
2: <laughs> well, I think the Check one, that out.
1: Check that out for us.
2: <laughs> I think the one thing you would want to tear yourself away for is to walk just a couple blocks down from where this is, And you're right at the Art Institute.
1: That's true. It's great. I mean, the one thing we didn't talk about yet is how great the location at Fairmont is and how it's just on the very top of Millennium Park.
2: So you can get to that famous bean really easily, the the (laughs) reflective bean that everybody wants to take their picture by. And then just another block from there, you're at the Art Institute.
1: So that's one thing the Fairmont told us is they do a lot of packages with the Arts Institute. So if that's something that you're interested in doing a package, check with the Fairmont about those Art Institute packages.
2: And if you are interested in the Art Institute, we have an interview coming right up to tell you about the amazing, amazing collection they have there.
1: It is so wonderful. I keep saying over and over, I was as happy when I walked out of the Art Institute as I was when I walked out of the Orsay.
2: Coming up next, we've got an interview with the Art Institute. You are listening to Travel Brigade.
3: We'll be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out.
1: Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade coming to you live from Chicago with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
2: And we've been to some of the great art museums in the world, the Orsay and the Louvre in Paris, the Metropolitan in New York City, and now the Art Institute of Chicago. It
1: was amazing. I said to Jeff as we walked out, I haven't been this happy since I went to the Orsay.
2: Now, we are art fans, but not art experts. We know just enough to be Dreadfully wrong about things so
1: just a few conversations <laughs> here and there
2: we can, we know how to drop the right names at cocktail parties however we thought let's get an expert in here to tell us more about this incredible museum and we have on the line Aaron Hogan, the director of Public Affairs for the Art Institute of Chicago. welcome Aaron.
6: Thank you very much for having me.
2: One of the things that really impressed us was just how extensive this collection is. Taking, for example, one of our favorites, Monet, you expect the water lilies, you expect the haystacks, and you guys have those. What you don't expect is, I had no idea he had spent a period in Norway. There was a painting from Norway. I had no idea there was a painting from London of a train that doesn't look like anything else he's done. We we're really impressed with just how broad this collection was. Can you speak to that a little bit and how it came to be?
6: Uh, sure. Um, the the history of the Art Institute is very wrapped up with the history of Chicago. Um, we were founded in 1879, and uh, shortly after the Great Fire. And it was about at this point that, in their zeal to rebuild Chicago, the kind of city's leading um, you know philanthropists and the civic leaders. Um, really put a heroic amount of effort into the city's cultural institutions, believing that every great city has a great art museum, a great science museum, a planetarium. Um, so a lot of Chicago's major cultural attractions date from this era, and uh, they really collected with zeal.
2: And were these largely, these were, the, for lack of a better term, the cattle barons, the, the guys who were making the yes. money there on a the lot of, on a the, lot of
6: railroad money a okay. lot of sort of mercantile money
2: and they would go over to Europe and and they would go, go shopping over to Europe <laughs> and they
6: were collecting not only old master works for instance which you know is also a strong suit of the art institutes but really critically um what was then contemporary art which was impressionism and post impressionism which is you know really the reason that we have You know, I think one of the best impressionist and post-impressionist collections in the world. No, I would agree. It was
1: was absolutely stunning. And I think that being said, the Art Institute was so much bigger than I expected as well. The collection was bigger. There's so much to see. What for, you know, a listener that may not be able to spend literally several days there, which is what it would take, but if you wanted to see the highlights, what are the highlights and how can you do the Art Institute and make sure that you get all those, you know, have-to-see works in?
6: Well, we are an encyclopedic museum, so that means that we collect art from all periods and all places. As we've been talking about, really the best-known collection we have is the French 19th century painting collection of Impressionist and Post-Impressionist work. We also have a tremendous collection of modern European art, Matisse, Picasso, Braque, Brancusi, a great collection of surrealist works, Um, and then some of the real... Iconic works of American art, such as Edward Hopper's Nighthawks and uh, Grant Wood's American Gothic, which is the farmer with the Um, pitchfork. Everyone
1: everyone was doing their little picture by it, you know.
6: (laughs) 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 Posing as the American Gothic couple. Yes. Yes. So those are really kind of the... Those collections contain most of the works that people will be familiar with, and they will want to see sort of the real thing. But I would also urge people to devote time to our non-European collections. We have a great collection of Indian and Southeast Asian sculpture, um, a great collection of Japanese art, including one of the largest collections of Japanese woodblock prints in the country. And what we do with those, because they're very, very light-sensitive, we rotate through that collection constantly on whatever sort of theme um, just occurs to the the curator of that collection. So those can be incredibly fun and rewarding kind of mini exhibitions of this amazing collection of Japanese woodblock prints.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said, I think there was one section of the museum I went into, I think it was European modernism from 1900 to 1950, and I thought, okay, this will be a couple of rooms, and it just kept going and going yeah. and going. So you can <laughs> spend days there but we also noticed one of the fun things in the museum guide was you guys put together a one-hour guide because <laughs> let's face it, some people they're they're trying to get to a lot of different things in Chicago. There's so many things to do, they're going to want to hit the highlights.
6: Yes, we we did. You know, we are a very large complex. We're about a million square feet. We have at any given time about eight to ten thousand works on view, and we would really hate the idea of somebody coming here and not realizing that we had one of these iconic works that they didn't get to see so we did put together and it's in our visitor guide that you pick up when you get into the museum you know basically i think it's 12 works that are sort of the must-sees and they represent every collection that we have and they hopefully will take you to on a path through the buildings that makes a certain kind of sense so it gets you to corners of the museum, like uh, the Chagall windows, for instance, that are a little bit off the beaten path, but still one of our major attractions. Yeah,
2: that's really true. We did go to see, we went into one section specifically to see American Gothic and wound up, you know, wandering by some other great paintings on the way.
6: You know, to encourage people to have those kind of serendipitous encounters, you know, you're on your way to the bathroom or something, (laughs) and you find, you know, walking down a particular set of galleries, you know, and have that little spark when you see something. So we encourage that as well.
2: How many people come in and just say, I just want to see that Ferris Bueller painting?
6: (laughs) A A lot of people. And a lot of people, they also recreate that scene in the movie, so... Uh, you know, on our social media sites like Facebook and Twitter, and even um, I've seen people post YouTube videos of them recreating the scene with Cameron <laughs> standing in front of the Grand Jat.
1: Any way to get him in the museum, right? I mean, I, I think the thing is is if people are going in for that draw and then they realize how amazing it is, that's, that's fantastic.
6: <laughs> well, you know, every once in a while I watch that clip, and – it just makes me realize how much that director, John Hughes, was just in love with the Art Institute. That's one of the and, you know, well, like one of the nicest things I've ever seen about the museum. And
1: all of
2: Chicago, really. As
1: a matter of fact, and, we just told we just told our kids, if you're going to ditch school,
6: that, that's the way do it, to do it. Do it in, yeah. That would be great. If kids were ditching school to go to museums, that, that's would, be, right, that's it, right. that would be a great world that we live in.
1: Yes. Well, tell us a little bit where people can get information about the Art Institute, where they can get tickets, contact information, all that good stuff.
6: The best place to go would be our website, which is www.artic.edu, and um, that will give you not only the basic information about the museum, including the ticket prices and hours of operation, but also critically what exhibitions we have on view. We do about 30 special exhibitions a year that range in size and scope, so um, we do have our featured exhibitions because we you know, we have this phenomenal permanent collection, but our curators also put a lot of energy every year into special exhibitions, so you can also see what's coming up there. Um, same is true of Facebook. If you just follow us on Facebook, you'll get you know, sort of the inside information on what's opening when, what's coming up, and various initiatives we have going on in the galleries and all of that.
2: And there is a, a lot going on. So, yeah, we'd urge you to, to check all that out. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, Erin. My
6: pleasure. Thanks for visiting.
1: You're listening to Travel Brigade. Make sure that you check us out on our Facebook, travelbrigade.com, at Twitter, Travel Brigade, or on Facebook.
3: We'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin.
2: Coming to you from sweet home Chicago.
1: That's right. And you know, I am a girl, but there is one thing I do know about Chicago. Cubs, White Sox, Black Hawks, or Bulls, you got to get your Chicago sports in.
2: They have five teams playing in the four major sports here, two baseball teams. And I've been told that if you want to know really a lot about somebody from Chicago, you ask them, are you a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan? And that'll tell you everything you need to know. What I do know is that I think a lot of our listeners, the one place they're really going to want to go see is Wrigley Field. It's got nearly 100 years of history wrapped up there in the ivy-covered walls. It's one of those bucket list baseball places. It's open during the year, even on non-game days for tours. So even if you can't score tickets to a game or you're there when the Cubs aren't in town, you can still go tour it from March through about October. So that's something to look into. Of course, the Sox play on the south side, and they play at U.S. Cellular Field, which is right near Field Museum and the museum campus in that area of town. When you talk about Chicago sports history, a lot of people would argue that the 1985-86 Bears were the greatest team in history. The
1: Bears.
2: (laughs) The Bears. You, of course, will find people that will argue with you on that. Can I just say
1: one thing about the Bears? Sure. I know nothing about practically everything Jeff's spewing out of his mouth right now, but I will tell you this. We went to the airport on game day. And all, like, it didn't matter that flights were late. It didn't matter if people weren't getting on their plane. It did, no, they're talking about the football game. Did you see that last? Did, you, did, did they pull their head? Blah, blah, blah. It was so funny. I was like, this is so, like, what you think about that's so stereotypical, but it was hysterical watching it unfold in reality.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You can get a sense of just what intense sports fans Chicago fans can be. Chicago's also home to the Blackhawks, one of the original six NHL teams. They play at the United Center, as do the Bulls. And of course they had Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest player ever in basketball. I,
1: I know who Michael Jordan is. Okay.
2: <laughs> and he's that guy that sells underwear. That that's sells right, that's underwear. right. <laughs> So Chicago has got a lot to be proud of in terms of its sports history.
1: And I do admit I don't know as much as the professional sports writer that I'm sitting here with. But I will tell you one thing that's always been fun when I go to games when I'm in town with Jeff is that you really get a sense of the locals. I mean, whether you're a a baseball game, a football game, a hockey game, you know, you're really kind of getting out of that general tourist top ten genre there. And you really are getting a feel you're sitting next to local Chicagoans. Listening to their conversations, listening to how things are going, eating what they eat, doing all that. And it's just really, I've always found that fascinating, even though I wouldn't call myself a sports fanatic.
2: We've met more locals going to games than probably just about any other activity we do.
1: That's true. It's really fun.
2: Again, when you're in Chicago, no matter what the season, you're going to find a team playing.
1: So go enjoy the game.
2: And now let's go from my favorite events to your favorite events. The Magnificent Mile.
1: Shopping. Credit cards. Credit card statements. All of the above.
2: Yeah, Chicago has this amazing place called the Magnificent Mile. You walk up and down it and see all these incredible shops. No,
1: no, 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 no. You don't just walk up and down it and see these incredible shops. You walk up and down it and shop in these incredible shops.
2: Go in. Check things out.
1: ching
2: To tell you more about it, we've got an interview with Katie Lindsay coming up.
1: You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show.
2: I'm Jeff Griffin, along with my co-host Kathleen Curry, and we will be right back.
3: Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at travel Brigade.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is our Chicago show here with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
2: One of the things you have to do when you come to Chicago is hit the Magnificent Mile for shopping. I'm not sure if it's exactly a mile or not. I do know it's magnificent.
1: And I do know your credit cards can get well used.
2: We brought along someone to tell us more about it. Katie Lindsay from Water Tower Place, which is one of the highlights of the Magnificent Mile. Welcome, Katie.
4: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
2: Tell us a little bit about the history of the Magnificent Mile, how it came to be, and I thought it was really interesting that it's kind of built around the only two structures that survived the Great Chicago Fire.
4: The Magnificent Mile has been around for many years. It actually came to fruition just after the Great Chicago Fire. At that point in time, the only building that survived was the historic Water Tower, which is located directly across from Water Tower Place, which is what we are named after. Water Tower Place is an eight level shopping center. We were built in 1976 and we're the first vertical shopping center in the country. So um, the building has been ever changing but has always been an icon and a historical landmark, um, obviously, along with the historical Water Tower.
1: And when you kind of walk up from the river, I mean, you literally can hit just about every shop you've ever wanted to shop in Colhan, Tiffany, everything you want. And then you sort of walk up, and then Water Tower is at the you know, at the top, and they've got some really great stores there. They have, of course, the American Girl Store, which, you know, every girl's fantasy. And I have to admit, when I was shopping there, there's quite a few adults that had these American Girl Fantasies as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <And> <laughs> the- there are, I think that's the great part about the Magnificent Mile is it really offers something for every customer. There's there's a wide variety of stores at all different price points. And then there's a lot of stores that are exclusive to Chicago or unique um, for example, across from Water Tower Place is Top Shop. Currently, there's only two of those located in the United States. Um, at Water Tower Place, we pride ourselves on having exclusive stores such as Torno, the only one in the Midwest, um, Billabung, again, only one in the Midwest, and, of course, American Girl Places is, is so unique. And you are right. We see... Um, Girls of all ages, I think you can never be too old to uh, enjoy your American Girl doll.
1: And I have to admit, Jeff salivates every time he walks by a Trineau because he loves the watches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and But, yeah, so many different things. You know, the Lego, the sh- store there in the Water Tower place with the Chicago skyline built out of Legos was really fun. And then I have a habit of wherever we go, I always try to get a sports jersey or T-shirt from that town. And so I walked into Water Tower Place and thought, okay, I need to find a place to get a jersey. And there was like four different places I could have chosen from on the eight different levels.
4: Yes, there definitely is. On our Level 7, we have um, four stores that actually all carry the different jerseys and Chicago uh, items and souvenirs and goodies for everyone. So, yeah, we were very excited. The Lego store opened in Water Tower Place just a couple years ago. Um, It's been a great addition. They have... As you mentioned, the historical Chicago skyline made out of Legos, including a sculpture of uh, Water Tower Place. And as you come up our main escalators, we actually have the historical water tower made out of Legos. So they did a great job of representing the city and making sure that our store here was very unique. And, of course, you know, we talked about Torino carrying all the different type of watches, and you just can never go wrong, I think. I agree with you. I walk by and I see the ladies' Rolex in the window, and and I start drooling as well.
1: (laughs) And tell us, you know, for people that are coming from out of town that haven't been there, there's a Premier Perks where people that come from out of town, something where they can get specials around the water tower?
4: Yes, there are. We have a uh, discount incentive program called Premier Perks. It offers out-of-town guests exclusive discounts and incentives at Water Tower Place. A majority of our stores and restaurants participate. You just simply stop at our concierge desk. It's located right off the Michigan Avenue entrance, and just show an, an out-of-state ID or your hotel room key, and and you'll get a coupon book full of goodies. And um, I can tell you, I see shoppers coming all the time get that book, and that's how they plan their shopping trip of where <laughs> those different discounts are.
2: And one thing that really stood out for me too was the food court now when you hear about a mall and a food court you're thinking okay they've got a panda express and a chick-fil-a <laughs> and a chinese yeah. place you guys this blew my mind what you guys had there the food life
4: yeah food life is a great concept and if they heard you call it a food court they'd be very disappointed <laughs> when they tell you, because um, you can't even compare it to a food court it has 14 distinct kitchens um, each of them serve a different cuisine. So if one of you wanted pasta, you would go to the pasta station. If one of you wanted a burger, you could go to the burger station. Um, you know, there's there's Chinese food, there's sausages, there's a salad station. They have sushi, desserts. So they really have something for everyone. And when and you I walk in, I think one in, of the
1: stations was like a comfort or home food station They oh. had like mac and cheese and you know. I pretty much was like, How can you decide?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy the comfort food. They had the hot wings there or meatloaf. Um, so they really offer something for everyone. And I think it's really great for families as well. You know, there's always one picky eater in the family or maybe. Tell you know, us about little, it. <laughs> yeah, or little Susie, you know, just wants a hot dog. All of that is available within Food Life.
2: There was also a section called Foodies that looked really fun. Can you tell us a little bit more about that.
4: Yes, we have a, a great another great restaurant called Foodie's Market. It's on the same mezzanine level as Food Life. And it's a grab-and-go station where they make everything from scratch, but they have a, a great salad bar. And they do work with different local restaurants in Chicago. So you can go in there and you can buy a frozen Lou Melanotti's pizza, which is one of the great deep dish Chicago pizzas that we are would served. would agree. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's great. They partner with the different key restaurants that are in Chicago to make sure that it's really a Chicago staple and it's serving Chicago
2: food. And you can't go wrong with Chicago food, we found out.
1: No, we, we can't fit in our no, cars, no, quite <laughs> frankly, after our visit here. <laughs> so,
2: if people want to find out more about Water Tower Place, where can they contact or where can they find you guys on the web?
4: You can visit our website page at shopwatertower.com. We also have a Facebook page, and we are also located on Twitter.
2: Well, thank you very much for joining us, Katie.
1: Thank you for having me.
4: It was a pleasure.
1: You're listening to Travel Bray with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
2: We'll be right back.
3: They don't always agree, but they always seem to have the reasons. Next up travel brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on he said she said
1: welcome back to travel brigade your weekly travel and destination show this is kathleen curry here with my co-host jeff griffin here in the lovely city of chicago
2: What an amazing journey we've had around this amazing city. So much to see and do. And we are to the point where we have to pick out our favorites. That's right. Which in this case is very hard to do.
1: It is really hard. I already can't figure out what I want to do and so I just want to come back again so we can go do more things.
2: Amen. (laughs) He said, she said always starts out with she said.
1: I'm going to go with the river. I think it's really fun. It's in the middle of... The town it's what divides the town there's just so much action on the river i i don't know I don't know what what it is about it, but I just love it being in the middle of the city. I love the water taxis i love I just love everything about it. I think it's really, really cool.
2: The thing that it kind of reminded me of with with the river and all the bridges going across was I sort of got a European feel with Europe, oh, yeah. those european Europeans now cities, that you mention they, it they all have a river going through them. The
1: river runs through it. <laughs> yes. Different story, but same thing. Yes. I really like the river.
2: My number three was Sky Deck. And again, going up over a hundred floors and looking down through clear glass straight down to the ground is reason enough to go there. But they've taken it and made it into a whole experience that's just really fun.
1: My number two, I'm gonna go with the performing arts in the city. I think it's great. I have always had a fetish for Broadway. I think the performances here are amazing, were amazing. I think there's a huge variety of the arts here. Second City was so great and hysterical. Everyone's got to do it when they come to town. I can just say the performing arts.
2: Sticking with the arts theme, I'm going to go with the Art Institute for my number two. The quality alone makes it a great art museum. The quantity alone makes <laughs> it a great art museum
1: it's true. and
2: put them together, and it's just an incredible experience.
1: You could book like a three-day stay right there at the Art Institute. <laughs> you could. You could. So I'm going to go with my number one. I'm going to shock everybody by saying this. The food. I love it. It's so different than New York food. It's so different than L.A. food. It's so different than so many different you know the north pacific all of that it just has its own unique flavor and i just thought everything we tried i'd never tried a chicago dog before with all that stuff i was kind of like ooh, not quite sure thought it was delicious deep dish delicious pretty much everything i loved the food amazing
2: yeah, there wasn't anything where we tried it and we thought, oh, what's the big deal? Why, Yeah, why are
1: people <laughs> always talking about this? Because it's amazing. Yeah.
2: My number one is just how walkable this city is in the downtown loop area. That's true. I mean, you feel like you area. can get everywhere, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite things to do is walk through a city and get a feel for it. And I felt like I could really do that here. And I particularly enjoyed walking along the lakefront area. So that would be my number one.
1: So many great things to do in Chicago. Come.
2: It's one of the great American cities. It's a world-class city, as we discovered during our stay here.
1: Can't wait to come back.
2: You got that right. But it's time for us to head on to another destination, because another week is on its way.
1: That's true. Next week, tune in to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show.
2: Until then, there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or planning your next trip. Whichever stage you're in, we hope you'll join us next week on Travel Brigade.
1: See you next week.
5: You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.